1: That means they know what it takes to help you personalize your policies for your small business needs. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. Talk to your local agent today.
2: Hi, everyone. This is Pivot from the Vox Media Podcast Network. I'm Kara Swisher.
0: And I have a new boss, Kara.
2: Who? Oh, Chris the Lick, new, yes.
0: Yeah, yeah, you know him. Can you begin uh, with Skinny?
2: He came up to me at an event, and I, I think it was a New York Times event uh, that that uh, Andrew Ross Sorkin was doing, and he said how much he loved Pivot, I recall, and how much he was a big fan, and et cetera, uh, that, which is the only reason I like him, mm-hmm. but um, and gave me his card, and it turned out he was colbert's showrunner obviously and i was like oh we have always wanted to have colbert on and went on and on about that but he's got great reputation obviously colbert's a great show and has really done great through the pandemic and is very smart Mm -hmm. um he did morning joe he created that um so Ah. he's he's a very well-liked i can tell you that like it's really interesting usually you get someone and they're they're like oh that asshole but um He's very well liked. People like him and are very happy for his success. I think it was a very canny move by David Zaslov. He's also very journalistically oriented, which is good hmm. for, you know, for 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 the CNN, I think. Um, and I have to say, I think through this uh, Ukraine crisis, they have shown how good they are right in terms of um getting in getting into the country doing reporting they're really leading instead of like people pontificating they're actually reporting and that's i think their strongest there there's the reporters of cnn um really get the short shrift in terms of the entire network gets attacked uh, because of a lot of the blabbity-blab, essentially. And I think it's really nice to see reporters on the ground doing their job and really being helpful. Um, And I'm sure their ratings are up. That's not why... That's not a good reason to be up, but it's still... I'm really impressed by uh, their coverage, and I'm totally tuned into CNN and on this whole thing. I don't know what you think.
0: Yeah, I feel the same way. I've been watching a lot of CNN, and I find, you know, you see a lot of people not only doing good journalism, but you forget it's not a... It's not a safe job. You're taking real risks. Yeah. And it's um I I remember it harkens back to uh I remember uh, at the times the managing editor at the time and mm-hmm. his name was Bill Keller. I had to excuse himself from dinner because he was negotiating for the release of one of his journalists from the Taliban oh, yeah. or Yeah. And and it was just you think gosh that's I wonder when you go to When you go to Columbia School of Journalism, are you really signing up for that? But I've been—and granted, I don't watch a lot of Fox, but I haven't seen as many people with kind of boots on the ground— as CNN. Uh, so, I, you're right. I think it's a nice moment for the You know, Fox has a bunch it's in-
2: of reporters there. It's, 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 uh, it's commentators, except for Jennifer uh, Griffin, who's amazing at Fox, Um, who is, it keeps schooling everybody there every time they say something wrong. She's like, and that is inaccurate. It's pretty – I feel she's mm-hmm. doing God's work over at Fox News. But they have some very good reporters on the ground. But CNN is dominating in terms of the visuals. Um you know, obviously, New York Times is doing a great job. The Washington Post, as they always do, but uh, it's a, it gives mm-hmm. you a good idea of why they got so popular during uh, various cr- international crises, and it's very useful. A lot of reporters you don't see that often, um, mm-hmm. and and they're all great. They're all doing really very moving stuff. They're doing great reports. You feel like you understand what's happening. I think they're they're keeping the, the politics to a minimum, um, except when mm-hmm. Trump says something idiotic or. Or one of the, you know. But then again, they also report a lot of uh, Republicans are very supportive of of Ukraine, and so it's good. It's a it's really good. He's really he's it's a good sign. I think it's a good hire. Uh, More
0: importantly, how does this affect Scott?
2: Well, I, I'll tell him I, you're great. I don't know. He I don't know. He he, he likes. That's
0: not he, what I was looking for. No. Anti-Kara. <laughs> I don't know. He's a late night guy that know. plays no, well he's to not. the joke. No, he did no? Morning
2: Joe. He did. Um, he's, like he's Colbert. He did Colbert, but there's a lot. There's a lot going on on that show that's very um, pertinent to now and funny. You know, news and funny. So you're you're in a oh good. Oh my place. god!
0: I've just figured it out. I'm the new Mika. It was so obvious.
2: And <laughs> We talked about this. I'm clearly you the new Mika. need Joe to come over, Joe Anyway, just so you know, it's a, speaking of video and, and being yeah. the new Mika, yeah. you have far less hair than she does.
0: I do have nice legs. It's
2: a big day for us at Pivot now. Instead of just listening to us, you can see us as well. What a thrill. What a thrill. <laughs> okay. All right. Select portions of each show will be available in video form on Salesforce Plu, as I like to call it. It's Salesforce Plus. So head to salesforce.com slash plus and... And sign up to watch. It's the best price of all—free.
0: That's right. He really is that ugly.
2: I, of course, have a uh, cold sore to 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 inaugurate this, and I look really tired. All my children were home last night,
0: and I'm going to my dermatologist this afternoon and get about eight pounds of flesh <laughs> cut off of me. What a thrill! There's a reason okay. we're podcasters, Tara. Nice scar,
2: <laughs> a nice scar. But anyway, we're here on video. We're happy to be here. We're excited for you to see us in action and reacting to That this long, long podcast love story between us is going to now be in video. It's very exciting. In touch Um, with
0: your emotions. That's No, I'm really not.
2: Okay, we've got a lot to talk about from Russia's invasion of Ukraine, how tech giants... Um are responding, challenges to the financial sector, and we'll talk with the New York Times Nicole Perlroth about Russian cyber attacks. And also on the home front, we'll talk about a new CDC guidance around masking, even as truckers <laughs> come into DC soon. Although I think they've the store that story's moved along as they're trucking along. I think we should send the trucker convoy to Ukraine. That would be really good. Anyway, but first, the Senate wants to know if TikTok is contributing to teen eating disorders. In a letter to TikTok, Senators Amy Klobuchar and Tammy Baldwin's asking for details about content that promotes unhealthy eating. There's quite a bit of it on TikTok. There's also healthy eating stuff there. I've watched a lot of it recently. TikTok announced in December that it would update its algorithm to combat the issue. They're very quite responsive. TikTok is much more responsive than the other. Uh, they don't want to, they've seen the trouble uh, Instagram and others have gotten into. Um So it's interesting. And then there was a really interesting New York Times um, column this week saying there's no real proof of this yet. It's just the beginning of research. So it was sort of on taking Facebook's side that nobody knows yet. Didn't say they didn't do it. They just said the research is still nascent and we shouldn't uh, make those causal um, correlations or whatever you call it. I'm not a social scientist. Anyway, what do you think about this? TikTok's doing this.
0: Yeah, you know, I was disappointed. I was disappointed because I, I like TikTok and I've always mm-hmm. thought TikTok was a bit more joyous. And I like the fact that there's a lot of people say, I was kicked off of TikTok or banned and I don't know why. I like mm-hmm. the fact that they're airing on, well, we don't know, let's just kick them off or suspend them for two weeks. I think mm-hmm. that we need more of that on social media. The disappointing thing is, I mean, this jars you because if you I have a, a close friend from business school whose daughter suffered from an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And getting uh, an arm's distance view of that, you just see how terrifying it is. Mm-hmm. You know, watching, uh, a- and the way my friend described it is it's, you're watching your daughter slowly kill herself yeah. over two years and you can't mm-hmm. do anything about it. Right. Um, or you feel helpless to do anything about it. And this, I want to be clear, this story ends well. Uh, went on to college, is doing, it's doing mm-hmm. really well. but. Uh, I, I'd always kind of hoped that TikTok would just be better. And I actually think they're trying to be better. Mm-hmm. But when you think of the, the Wall Street Journal, there's some great reporting here. And it had its bots uh, sort of go deep and start watching dieting content. And the algorithms immediately go, oh, they love this. And our job is for affirmation. So we're going to take them further and further into this hermetically sealed bubble and seem make dangerous content seem normal. And mm-hmm. I was trying to think about it. My, when, when you think about what these bots and these algorithms do, If I walked into a bar and there was artificial intelligence watching my every mood, and it found like when I was taking a sip of a drink and it saw that I ordered a Zacapa and Coke or a Diplomatico on the Rocks or Mm -hmm. whatever it is, and it said, okay, at this moment, he ordered a second, and the second was also Zacapa and Coke. The algorithm would immediately go, all right, line up six, have them ready, and when the lights go down and he laughs or he's ready for another drink before he even stops drinking, put another one in front of him. And that's what these algorithms do. These algorithms take a, a, a social social drinking and turn it into alcoholism, mm-hmm. just in, think, uh, in think, ar- artificially driven uh, format. Look,
2: I think you should read the New York Times articles. I do think more research is needed. I think, of course, the, the teen girls thing got more attention from politicians because it sounds good. But I do think clear that that these companies should make available their research on this and, and, and use it as a, as a way to understand this, how this happens. And so Mm -hmm. one of the things that's important is when we don't quite know what is the effect, because listen, I was in college, like half of the girls around me had an eating disorder. Uh, I remember Mm -hmm. doing an article on one that was just disturbing, and I'm not going to go into it because it was so disturbing, interviewing this young woman who had an eating disorder. And I did a piece for the student newspaper because it was not a lot of people knew about it back, way back in the dark ages when I was in college. Mm -hmm. Um, But so it's, this is not a new thing. It's just the ability to, to just like, You know, there's a great story uh, by uh, Megan Toohey and um, I can't remember who she did it with, but it was great about uh, suicide assist, people assisting each other to how to commit suicide. It's just become it becomes more uh, it it becomes easier to find people online and have you help you and give you these tools. And when you're seeing these things on TikTok and TikTok is fairly addictive, you start looking at them you want to do that, you start watching more, you start watching more. All I get is air fryers right now, for example. Like I'm like obsessed with air fryers and therefore I get all kinds of air fryer content. But, um, but it's really
0: interesting where you get served, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, I get food, food,
2: food and that's about it. Food, food,
0: Hmm.
2: um, which is interesting because I've started to look because I like watching people cook and see what they make. But, um, but it's it, it, reinforcement is not great here, and so it, it, I think opening. You didn't ask me or, what I get. What do you get? You didn't don't ask even me ask what me because I, 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 I don't want to know. Tell me. What do you get?
0: I get dogs.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Okay. Which makes sense. Yeah. Um, I get uh, chiropractors adjusting people, mm-hmm. which I did not know I'm fascinated oh, with, very but I am.
2: Pleasing. I need to start finding that. Go ahead.
0: It's fairly really relaxing. Watch someone get their back adjusted, yes. and I get people talking pleasing. about social justice who forgot to put on their bra. It's the dog, the Um, dog algorithm. This is what you get on oh, video. You get Kara's, first, like, head oh, in interesting, interesting. Interesting. Kara's head in her hands. It's true. <laughs> I get this re- these ridiculously fucking hot people who okay. forgot to put on their bras mm-hmm. talking about mm-hmm. really important social issues. And okay. I'm so there for it. Okay. I'm so there for it. All right.
2: It. Okay. In any case, more research, more transparency. <laughs> also, Amy Klobuchar has a bill about transparency of this research. It should be open to researchers so they can understand it. Period. We love Senator Kay. We love Senator, Senator K. We do. We don't know why, but we do. All right. Elon Musk troubles with the SEC don't seem to be going anywhere again this week. The agency reportedly investigating Musk and his brother, Kimball, for possible insider trading. Kimball Musk sold off $100 million of stock one day before Elon's Twitter poll last November. Kimball also sits on Tesla's board of directors. You know, I think they're, they're testing the SEC and what it's what it can do enforcement. Um, not, he's not the first. Mark, member of Mark Cuban, got in that fight with the SEC. Mm-hmm. Um, so he's they're truly testing the SEC to see if it has any teeth, which is interesting in some ways. Um, again, this is all allegations, uh, but but his him, him the beef between Elon Musk and the SEC is going to be an interesting one to see where it goes.
0: Yeah, I think. Uh, um so, I picked a title for my book. It's called Adrift, American 100 Charts. And you've mm-hmm. obviously been asking me a lot about my book. Not. Yeah. <laughs> but anyways, I, when you think about it. Adrift? Adrift. Oh. Well, we've we we, we we've lost faith in our institutions. We're not having as much social interaction. We're not having as much sex. Right. I like it.
2: Adrift.
0: We don't trust the institutions, whether it's yeah. the military or Congress or the mm-hmm. church, to help bring us back together again. Mm-hmm. And so, we are... Our discourses course, we immediately start with hating 50% of our brothers and sisters. We mm-hmm. think a transgender swimmer or a conservative podcaster are the enemy, not 180,000 troops pouring across uh, the Ukrainian border. I mean, Ukraine, mm-hmm. not, the, not the Ukraine, but mm-hmm. Ukraine. But you can say
2: the Ukrainian border, you see.
0: Yes, that's correct. All Thank right, you okay. for that. No problem. But we're – and a big component of this is that we lack uh, this this – preoccupation or this idolization mm-hmm. or sycophantry around the individual versus institutions mm-hmm. that, oh, if if you're willing to stick up your middle finger in the face of our great institutions, including the SEC, which sets us which creates a set of protocols and standards mm-hmm. such that we can have capital Correct. formation in the form of the public markets. You know, these are good people trying to do good work. And if you have information that the public doesn't have and you trade on that, it creates a lack of faith in the markets and no one's gonna buy your stock when you try and go public. So I'm on the side of the SEC and, and when you have the founder's brother selling a hundred million dollars in stock the day before he takes a poll that's basically saying I'm going to sell the stock you know that that warrants an investigation and maybe they're going to find there was nothing there their defense will be or my defense if mm-hmm. i was the sec lawyer or the lawyer representing musk would be he actually filed with the sec that he was going to sell mm-hmm. so there isn't an a before the before the poll so mm-hmm. there isn't an asymmetry of information here but anyone who has over Ten million dollars in stock and is on a board should do planned sales, and that is I'm going to sell this much on this date. Yeah, because you just subject yourself to scrutiny and you yeah. create the illusion of impropriety, which the firm doesn't need and the markets don't need. But uh, I, it, it, I have to
2: say, I think the SEC ahead, Cara, should just do its job. You know what I mean? Like, look, they—that's they, what they, they're trying to do. They're trying, but they're always sort of, uh, you know, it's an interesting. Uh, they haven't been winning here. I'll tell you that they don't feel. It doesn't feel like. They have him reined in in any way, and so
0: oh well, that's uh, clear. So that I think they feel outgunned. I think I every suppose. year they get their budgets cut, and he hires a hundred lawyers, and uh, and he has the
2: public uh, stage. and every
0: popular and every elected official wants to seem younger. They want to seem mm-hmm. ninety five, not ninety eight. <laughs> so they want to talk about our innovators. Yeah, and and it's the SEC is an easy target because it's faceless and it appears to yeah, be trying like to rein in our great. It's like the IRS, yeah. but I mean, when you have this is what's dangerous about the markets right now. Mm-hmm. The key to functioning markets that gives people confidence is that no one individual, based on their ID or whatever, can move the markets, or no one organization has an inside information. And when you have one guy who goes on SNL and says Dogecoin is a hustle and it collapses, or says after selling his do- his crypto, after his company sells their Bitcoin in order to make their nut- to plug a hole in their earnings. Estimates and then decides he doesn't like it because it's bad for the environment and then his brother is trading a hundred million dollars the day before he indicates to the marketplace that he's probably going to sell. You know that's the SEC really does need to step in here and the problem is as to your point when the SEC did step in and fine, if uh, uh, Elon, he not only ignored those uh, fines and guidelines, he's not supposed to be tweeting without someone yeah. reviewing his tweets. Yeah, he seems to be waving his middle finger in the face of the SEC, saying, "I am bigger than you," and
2: wants the money back. Yeah. He also wants money back. There's all kinds of things going on with him. I think he's challenging those rules. He's saying this this stop sign I don't agree with and let me just go through it until you either remove the stop sign or actually stop me. And so those – I think that's actually – he's in a much – it's sort of like a Trump-like way to behave because, you know, I'm just going to keep blowing stop signs until someone stops me. And guess what? Nobody's going to – like the, I could walk down Fifth Avenue and shoot someone. I'm
0: above the law. <laughs>
2: yeah. I think it's interesting. Um, speaking of not above the law, uh, let's get on to our first big story. The Russian invasion of Ukraine is playing out on social media and tech giants are caught in the crossfire. Facebook says it has been partially restricted in Russia because it continues to fact-check Russian media against uh, that government's wishes. Twitter appears to be restricted in Russia as well. Meanwhile, Alphabet announced that it would demonetize the accounts of Russian state-funded media on platforms like YouTube. Meta has made a similar announcement, adding that the Russian state media is also banned from running ads on its platforms. The moves came one day after Senator Mark Warner called on social media companies to demonetize Russian state-funded media on their platforms. Also, uh, uh, Ukraine's uh, head is is calling for that. Everybody in they're they're creating all these hacking teams and et cetera, et cetera uh, to deal with Russia. Um, so, talk about um, if this has helped American companies uh, have new legs to stand up to the Russian regime. And when the conflict is over, will Google let Russia's state-sponsored outlets run ads on YouTube again?
0: I think social media is actually getting it right here, and I think they've done the calculus, and these aren't big markets, mm-hmm. and they've gotten so much warranted shit for their lack of regard for the Commonwealth that I think they're trying to do the right thing here, or at least that's my that's my sense, but it's exciting that, to see that... And there's some social media is often compared to cigarettes, and I don't mm-hmm. think that's the right analogy. I don't think there's any reason to smoke cigarettes. I think they're more like opioids in that opiates. And that is, I actually think opiates, and they do, opiates play an important role in medicine when used correctly. Uh, they're very powerful and effective painkillers for for in certain situations. Unfortunately, the people running the company that was distributing, manufacturing, and distributing opiates mm-hmm. didn't give a good goddamn about the well being of people mm-hmm. and took it to a very, very ugly place, and I think that's really where social media is so but we're seeing the benefits I think of social media around this and that is uh, the Russian population uh, seems very uh, distressed about this uh, mm-hmm. about uh, this unlawful invasion and are I've actually gained the confidence to turn out in numbers and protests. And I think a lot of that is because of social well, some media. Some of the it, Russian
2: people, the young people apparently there's a there's a there's a young old divide here that's rather profound from what I understand from reading all about it. But go ahead.
0: But it's it's bigger than I would have expected. It's mm-hmm. I think it's actually quite encouraging. Mm-hmm. Um and it's it's build it feels like it's building momentum. I don't know how much of it is controlled or is spun up by our own media and our own uh, desire to make it seem bigger than it is. Mm -hmm. But I remember posting on my feed a picture of a lone woman, a journalist um, protesting. And now there are what in St. Petersburg, it looks like there are very real protests. And I would imagine that social media is playing a the bottom line is no boomer, none of us can control. I think social media has made communication more porous. And it has a lot of drawbacks, I but know. I do believe it I has some like benefits. I feel like we've seen
2: this story before. And they, and they kill the leader, whatever it is, Navalny or, or, or any others. But they had protests around Crimea and um, mm-hmm. went nowhere. So I did the annexation. Mm-hmm. And so I just feel like this happens. They rise up and the police uh, strike them down, really. Um, mm-hmm. We'll see. I mean, I think one of the problems is the, whether how much information is getting through. I think I'll tell you what's getting through. You can't get money out of the bank. That's what's starting to get through. You're not going to be able to, you know. What, uh, oddly enough, Russian right. Russian models on right. OnlyFans say they can't get paid because of sanction. They can't fly to the U.S. The oligarchs are getting squeezed. They can hear that, you know. They don't need social media to mm-hmm. hear that. And so, whether they're getting good information or not in Russia about what's happening, um, versus um, you know most of the world can see what's happening because there's it's there's so much video coming out all over the place. But it's mm-hmm. um, it's questionable. You know, whether – it's it, you do start to think like, okay, if they're going to restrict Russia, there's all kinds of misinformation on Fox News. Someone wrote me, well, it's only a hop, skip and a jump to Fox. And I was like, no, they shouldn't do that mm. to Fox. I know, but I was like, but there is a lot of misinformation on there or just stupid takes essentially. And the only person pushing back on Fox is a Fox – this Fox national security correspondent, uh, Jennifer Griffin, who I mentioned, who's doing an astonishing job saying – no. And I feel like I need to correct some of the things that Colonel Doug McGregor just said, because and I'm not sure 10 minutes is enough time to do so, because there were so many distortions in what he just said. It'll be interesting because uh, Ukraine's vice uh, prime minister asked Tim Cook to block the app store for users in the Russian Federation. It starts to get a little dicey, I think, in some way. Like, why should all of Russia... Pay for its government. It's it's trying to put the squeeze on Russia, obviously the government. But it starts to get, huh? This is, this is interesting. I don't know. I don't, I, I wouldn't want that to happen in this country. So I, I'm a little bit torn on both sides of this thing.
0: What do you? No, think? I'm I'm all down with okay. putting a lot of pressure, especially on the wealthiest Russians. Yeah, um, and I think that. I think that one of the most likely means that this could come to some sort of a peaceful end would be that the wealthiest people in Russia feel real pain and Mm their businesses and kind of middle class on up. And and to a certain extent, people do have to take some responsibility for the the leaders that are in power. And I think what's going on here, and I wouldn't call it soft power, I'd call it the power of capitalism but it creates so many incentives to to garner wealth, such that to the point when you're in Korsheval, they have Russian menus. Mm -hmm. Uh, I would like, I think the most effective means of pushing back on uh, Russia, other than German taking what I think is a leadership move around sending stingers, Mm -hmm. uh, anti-tank armaments, is in fact going after their pocketbooks because we have become a global world and when people get wealthy, they don't want to party on the Odessa. Mm -hmm. They want to come to St. Bart's. And everyone has a boss. Everyone has a boss. And I would bet the people that have the most influence over Putin all have one thing in common. And that is they spend July in Saint-Tropez. So I love the Twitter feed. My favorite Twitter feed right now is the Twitter feed highlighting all of the yachts that Mm -hmm. are owned by Russian oligarchs. Yeah. And you're starting to see people say, well, we'd rather not let them dock here. Yeah. And you have their crews quitting. Uh, Yeah. uh, I mean, there's some dumb stuff. made a mess of a ship.
2: Yeah. He said he regretted nothing in Spain. One of the – he trashed it. Or he sunk it. He half sunk it, I think, or something like that. And
0: you want to talk about – Russia thought – I think they were emboldened by this because they are – you know, they produce – I think it's 10 million barrels a day. So, that's – with 100 bucks per crew. That's a billion dollars a day. And a lot Mm -hmm. of it they hold in foreign reserve currencies. So, they don't care if the ruble crashes. Well, if all of a sudden, we, if we were to do, if Western nations were to do to Russia what we did to Iran when they took the hostages and just say, okay, you can call in your 10 billion euros from HSBC and we're just gonna say no. Yeah. I mean, uh, capitalism, uh, and I'm skipping to my win here, capitalism is powerful because it creates interconnectedness and also money is a really powerful drug.
2: It is indeed. Um indeed. So, so anyways, one I, of the things so the, one of the things it. that I do think they should deal with, social media networks have so many fake and doctored videos. Um Instagram accounts that present uh people as war journalists that are actually run by meme posters. There's a video that purports to show the ghost of Kyiv fighter jet is actually from a decade-old video game. So there's a, that, that they absolutely have to clean up right away no matter where it goes. Um it's interesting Elon Musk speaking of Elon Musk said the Starlink internet system is now active in Ukraine. This is where you you, they can get. So Russia can't cut them off quite as easily, which is interesting. Um, Uber has suspended services in several cities. Google Maps has disabled live traffic feature in Ukraine. Um, and Airbnb is offering free short-term housing for up to 100,000 refugees um, mm-hmm. from from there, which is, you know, a typical they've done that before and this, they're doing it again. That's a lot of people they're putting up for free. Um, so it, it's just, it, what's interesting is the economic actions like Switzerland, which never, sides with anybody, announce sanctions. Um, it will freeze the assets of sanctioned individuals. Western nations plan to cut some Russian banks from SWIFT, which could have far-reaching economic impacts. My goodness. Western leaders are making moves to cut off the Russian central bank, and that'll be a problem. And a task force is forming to go after cars, homes, yachts of the ultra wealthy. I do think this is probably You know, they're already calling for peace. The billionaires are suddenly peaceniks, which I think will be interesting. And, you know, it's all playing out on social media. Where are you getting most of your information from Twitter and cable, right? Twitter, essentially. There's some amazing stuff. Yeah, well,
0: actually, I get a lot of my information from the BBC and CNN. But I think everybody has an obligation and has the opportunity to play a role here. And it's more Mm -hmm. than just posting a GIF of a Ukrainian flag on Instagram. Yeah, Um, that's and just because. I always like to take the moment to virtue signal. Over the weekend, I spent time on the phone. I'm on the board of a unicorn SaaS company, Mm -hmm. and we have um, uh, Russian investors, Mm -hmm. and we effectively kicked the board member off, and and we've decided that, yeah, legally, we may lose on this, Mm -hmm. but We need. We want to be part of a signal. This is a company whose chairman was a Navy SEAL. We have two servicemen who Mm -hmm. are uh, very senior in the company. And I called them and said, you know, you guys have special license and residence here. You have fought for your country. And uh, we came to a pretty crisp decision that we felt it was important that very strong and consistent signals be sent back to wealthy people in Russia, which I believe will will roll up, that this – when you – you know the, the governance of a company and whether we're legally mm-hmm. within our bounds of the share purchase agreement to do this sort of pales in comparison to the risks that are that are. No, it does that, send a signal. The, the Russian leadership yeah. has decided to take with the world here.
2: Yeah, yeah, and that's I said, think if you really, I would worry a little bit. He's so on he seems so unhinged at this point, and he has his finger on the nuclear button. No matter how you, that that threat over the weekend was disturbing. Anyone who lives in Washington, D.C., certainly. Yeah, but
0: here's it. the thing: that everybody has a boss, mm-hmm. and the, the the ten, the twenty, the fifty people who have influence over him um, have all have one thing in common, and that is they're billionaires, mm-hmm. and they take advantage of that. And the way to take advantage of that: you don't have a summer house in Yakutsk, <laughs> you yep. have a summer house in uh, Portofino. Yeah and i think this is the way we get this over with and yeah, that is money. the most powerful and wealthiest people i think it comes down to money because yeah. the bottom line is when khrushchev went into went into cuba mm-hmm. he, the people advising him weren't worried about not being able to go to disneyland yeah they they didn't give a shit yeah. Their their power was internal. Their accoutrements, their lifestyles, were a function of what was happening internally in their borders. Mm-hmm. That is no longer true.
2: Yep, that's fair. I so make you make a fair point. But uh, I think the one person who's taking most advantage of this is is the head of Ukraine, Zelensky. He's playing this beautifully on social media in terms of appearing, looking oh, yeah. simple, smart T shirts. I'm wearing now. I'm wearing this. He's really. Boy, does he know how to and I'm not gonna use I don't know to use social media to his advantage. And I think that's really Shecky Green
0: becomes Winston Churchill. Yeah, that's what
2: Don Stewart said. Yeah. I mean not just that, he's he's just he understands the the visual imagery. Oh come on. He's
0: out of he's out of central casting. He's got a beautiful family. He's He's Jewish. I mean the guy but he, he, he's he using it. I'm watching leave.
2: everything that he's doing, and it's really— um, We it, offered to give him exile.
0: Is, I don't need a ride. I need ammunition. This, this is a bit of good. a Twitter
2: war in a lot of ways, how to do that, mm-hmm. and the Russians just are, usually have a brutal way to do it, and it's sneaky, and this is right out in the open. Anyway, we'll see what happens. He's got. He's still in a lot of danger. Let's be clear, real danger, not— digital danger. Mm-hmm. Uh, speaking of which, by the way, the Russians have huge amounts of troops. Let's talk about reality Is brute force often wins in these things. Um, anyway, Scott, let's go on a quick break. When we come back, the latest recommendations masking from CDC. We'll speak with a friend of Pivot, Nicole Polroth uh, about what the war in Ukraine means for cybersecurity. Of course, we've had her on before, and she's an expert on the area, and she's quite worried. So
1: when we get back... Talk to your local State Farm agent today about small business insurance. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.
3: Support for this show comes from Slack. You're a growing business, and you can't afford to slow down. If anything, you could probably use a few more hours in the day. That's why the most successful growing businesses are working together in Slack. Slack is where work happens, with all your people, data, and information in one AI-powered place.
2: Scott, we're back. The CDC says that most of the country can now go maskless under new guidance. The agency says that nearly 70% of the country lives in areas where the COVID risk is low or medium. They can remove their masks. New York Governor uh, Kathy Hochul was clearly listening. On Saturday, she ended the state's mask mandates for schools, and President Biden will make a push to get federal workers back to the office. An announcement that could come as early as tonight in his State of the Union address, by the way. That's going to be something. We'll see what he says there. Meanwhile, Washington is preparing another their big capital event. A trucker convoy is making its way from California to the beltway in a copycat protest of Canada's freedom convoy. And so we'll see what they do. But the but this time, the um, National Guard is deployed and ready for them as opposed to what happened at the Capitol on January 6th. So I think they'll see a little bit more pushback. And I don't know if people are going to be once this is off. It's like, what are you doing? Anyway, the CDC had made a similar announcement last May and then had to reverse itself after Delta swept the nation. So we'll see. We'll see. We'll see. What do you think?
0: Yeah, I think, I mean, we're all hopeful, right? Especially yep. with kids. Mm-hmm. And the the sad part is that we go into this, whatever you want to call it, steady state or, and you know, mm-hmm. treating the virus as endemic at 68% vaccination versus 95% for other countries, despite the fact that we own the supply chain, that we mm-hmm. spend more money, that we goddamn invented these incredible gifts, vaccines. And we have, as a result, we have the highest per capita morbidity. So... It's a moment. I hope, hopefully, it's a moment. I don't want to call it a celebration, but relief. But it's also a moment for reflection. Of we go into this, there's just not. There's just not getting around it, Kara. A lot of people are still going to die here.
2: Yeah, two thousand people lives lost Friday, according to the CDC, and there are more than seventy thousand new cases last Friday. So, just to be clear, it's still here.
0: Yeah, and it's like, okay, maybe endemic is a term that you decide you're going to live with it. Mm -hmm. And it's just a shame that we are going to be living with more death than we needed to. And um, so I I find it kind of, I don't want to call it bittersweet. I'm terrible with, you know, I try to be thoughtful about masking. But I think at this point, unless there's a very Mm -hmm. serious variant, I get the sense people aren't going back. Yeah, Um, I would
2: agree. I would agree. I think disease is coming off. Um, you yeah. know, I think people are looser and feeling better, but we'll you know just be aware there this is this is a long this is like any it's a long slog and I know everybody's tired and the people who have uh, tried their best you know and not um, and not been a jerk about it, right? Like people have been very worried and I, maybe some people been too worried and that's okay. So we'll see. Well where you it
0: goes. mentioned Governor Hochul. Mm-hmm. Uh she signed. A mm-hmm. statement and it might seem very symbolic like grandstanding that the state of New York's not gonna work with Russian companies. Yeah. I think that that's a lot of, a lot
2: of a lot of states. Pennsylvania uh, was isn't gonna buy Russian some Russian goods in its liquor stores. So, you you realize the only okay. thing you really buy from what are you gonna do about vodka there, Scott?
0: This is actually a category I have some domain yeah. expertise okay, in. Right. <laughs> Stolich and I is produced in Finland, Smirnoff is produced I think in Illinois. So All right. Uh, what I would argue is you would be shocked how many different ways you may have not have thought of that you are linked to Russia and you Mm -hmm. can have an impact. Pouring out your Smirnoff, your Stolia is not one of them. Okay. Ignore vodka. It, this has nothing to do with vodka. All right. It's about are you involved with companies? Are you? Uh, can you put pressure on consumer companies? Can you put pressure on your state government? Gu- whatever it is to hurt Russia in terms of That's their actual pocketbook? Russian
2: things. I don't think we probably use a lot of uh, – people well, just think vodka naturally, I guess.
0: Vodka doesn't – I mean, Russia doesn't saying. really export anything but oil. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That's 40% of their economy. The biggest move I think that people aren't talking about, everyone's obsessed with the SWIFT network. The the EU has said that Russian planes are no longer welcome in their airspace. Mm -hmm. That is a big deal. Right. I mean, one of the wonderful things that's happened. I would bet when again I'm going right. back to Khrushchev. we back to cruise Krusha... but
2: let's go. i CDC, it... but go ahead. Go ahead.
0: Okay. I'm sorry. Let's talk about masks. All right. So, mask. Okay. What, what, so I we, am we... so Mika. I know you I really Mika. are. Mika, Mika does not off, want you a Wandered.
2: Mask. You want Mika wanders. You wandered. You uh, wandered. So Mika, what I
0: is feel I'm spelt. I'm <laughs> <sexy> <laughs> I'm I'm Mika like? I'm sexy. I'm smart. Hard interesting. I would die. Would you?
2: It's easy. We'll do. We'll have a little lunch with her in you New know, York.
0: You know, you always say that. No, we you will. We will. That. I keep.
2: See, she keeps saying, let's have ben lunch. Dan Stiller texted
0: me. He and I are going to roll. Oh, no. Oh, I'm too nervous to do it. No. I think I just go like ahead. the idea of us being friends. You can I'd see be his too, fabulous head of nervous.
2: hair. But let's, the masks. We'll see where people are. I do I'm think, sorry, I see lots of people who used to be, uh, aka Amanda, a lot more worried or not uh, uh, are not uh as worried. Do you worried. remember
0: when we went to dinner in Palm <laughs> Beach? <laughs> oh, did and we went to, I took oh you to this fabulous place, Bagatelle, and everyone's partying and having a good time. And the two of you are sitting there with your mask on <laughs> at dinner seated at dinner seated okay. you had your mask on <laughs>
2: you know what oh, to each God. his own that's what I say oh, now, come God. on that was a little too yeah. premature a little too yeah. premature you know we were it was
0: seated at a dinner table with I open un- windows I understand but the
2: people of Florida were like I coughing understand. on us come on we don't trust the Florida people and are correct not to do so in many ways so um, anyway I think people are ready to move on they still please be careful please. Get vaccinated as Jared Paulus and others have said, just get vaccinated, and you're way, way ahead of the curve if you do that. If you do mm-hmm. that and you're ready to go and you, you know, be very careful. I have to say, I will keep wearing masks during the winter in lots of ways because I didn't get a cold this winter. <laughs> Again, I've had like very few. I get cold after cold after cold, and I have not gotten any. And I, I it's the only thing that's changed really. I don't, I don't even, I can't well, even.
0: There are cultures that wear masks when they mm-hmm. travel as, yeah. uh, for courtesy, I'm, I'm as a courtesy. Travel. Oh, yeah, I, I, don't wanna, I don't want people
2: breathing all over me. Anyway, um, I, it's made me aware of that, and I, I'm going to continue to do so. I don't care what people say. Anyway, now let's bring on our friend of Pivot. Pivot. Nicole Perlroth covers cybersecurity and digital espionage and serves as an advisor for CISA, the U.S. government's cybersecurity agency. She's the author of "This Is How They Tell Me the World Ends," which covers the history of her field from World War II to today. And she's amazing. All right, welcome, Nicole. How are you doing? I'm not very good. (laughs) I know. Okay, tell me why, because you've been quite um, you've been reporting at the rise in ransomware attacks since the pandemic began. The American government had blamed Russian hackers for some of the most notable ones, the Colonial Pipeline, JBS, SolarWinds. So tell me why not very good, because your tweets are freaking me out. I got to tell you, freaking me out.
3: Well, I think from what I've covered over the last 10 years, you know, the potential for a cyber escalation here is very high. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Americans realize how vulnerable we are, how vulnerable our critical infrastructure is. You, know, you just mentioned Colonial Pipeline. All it took mm-hmm. to neutralize the biggest conduit for gas and jet fuel and diesel on the eastern seaboard was a lack of two-factor authentication. Mm-hmm. Um you know, don't let a good crisis go to waste. People are waking up to the cyber threat. Boards are asking important questions about cyber defense and basic cyber hygiene, but we're still nowhere uh, compared to where we need to be to to withstand a serious escalation. It's interesting that we haven't actually seen much Mm -hmm. um, on the cyber war front yet. I thought Putin was going to take the power out before mm-hmm. he invaded Ukraine. He didn't do that. And mm-hmm. there's various theories why. But so far, it's been sort of this lower level tit for tat, uh, you know, this new Ukraine IT army that's recruiting mm-hmm. people into these kind of low level denial of service attacks. It's been Russia launching wiper attacks that wipe data at the Ukraine Various Ukrainian government ministries, but I'm just watching to see you know where where will the inflection point be? Where will where will okay. things escalate?
2: When you think about this, what attacks should we see? What are you so you said this is going to be bad, but what precisely? What do you? What is your worst case scenario? And and how vulnerable are we in that regard?
3: So I think the main thing is you know prepare, don't panic. Um, Mm -hmm. There's a lot that companies and organizations can do right now to avoid a world of hurt. Um, But I worry that this is going to be the moment that our lack of attention on cyber defense and cyber hygiene comes to bite us. Mm -hmm. So what do I mean by that? I mean, we are, we are asking the government to defend the country from national security threats and cybersecurity threats. But 80% of our critical infrastructure is in private sector hands. Mm -hmm. Those companies have zero mandate in terms of needing to use two-factor authentication or strong password requirements, or even to look and see if there's any suspicious activity on their networks. They don't have to tell the government if they've been breached. They don't have to tell the government if they've paid out a ransomware group. And mm-hmm. what that means is that there are vulnerabilities everywhere. In some cases, Russian ransomware groups and maybe nation state groups already have the access they would need to pull off an act of cyber sabotage. Um, so so that's the bad news and that's where I fear escalation could go. Um, I think that said this is this has been a big learning moment. This last year of ransomware attacks has been a big mm-hmm. learning moment for a lot of organizations. Mm-hmm. And so I've never seen better collaboration with, with CISA, um, government agency. There, There's a lot of discussions happening in real time, a lot of threat sharing happening in real time. But again, we're just nowhere close to where we need to be to withstand some attack. And what I've been saying is like, The next major geopolitical conflict will involve cyber attacks. Mm -hmm. And the country that can survive that conflict will look like a digital Israel, you know, a country Mm -hmm. that can basically withstand attacks um, from hostile nations all around it. And right now, the United States is not that country. Not that country. Okay. Okay. Let me
2: ask Scott. Go ahead. Because Scott is on the boards of a lot of companies. He's certainly mentioned that he just hands over whatever money any the CTO asks for on things like this. But go ahead, Scott.
0: Well, so America has purposely said from the get go, we're going to show restraint in an effort to avoid any sort of escalation with traditional military hardware where troops are off the table whether you think that was a good or a bad idea, America said we're not doing it. It sounds like what you're saying is Russia has not gone full gangster with their capabilities around cyber attack. Is it, it, In your mind, is that, I'm just thinking about the large implications here, does it show that maybe Putin is as cra- isn't as crazy as we're worried about? Because you haven't heard about hospital systems incurring what might be an attack or any sort of reprisals. And then that leads into my second question, I always thought, and this may be arrogance, that we're the biggest kid on the block in terms of our ability to to wreak havoc in terms of cyber. Uh, you uh, and I, I, the body language I'm getting from you is that that is not the case. So, one, what does it say that they haven't ramped up their attacks to the extent we were fearful of? And don't we have uh, don't we have the biggest stick in the fight?
3: So I think there, th- those are those two questions are connected, and I actually do think the United States is still the top dog on offense. Mm-hmm. Nobody has pulled off anything close to the attack the United States and Israel pulled off together on Iran's nuclear facilities.
0: I mean, you're gonna say that, yeah?
3: Stuxnet, but they've gotten very close, and the and the mm-hmm. actor that has gotten the closest is Russia. You know, mm-hmm. I can just talk about what I reported in the Times. We've caught mm-hmm. them probing our grid. There was a screenshot Mm -hmm. a couple of years ago that showed Russian hackers with their hands on the switches of the controls. They
0: actually pulled back, right? Didn't they? I think your reporting said they actually decided, okay, we didn't expect to get this far. We're going to pull back.
3: Yeah, they've never had, they've had the access, uh, they've had the capabilities. We saw them turn off the lights in Ukraine twice, but what Mm -hmm. they never had until now was the geopolitical impetus to pull the trigger. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. that comes back to your first question, you know, why haven't they pulled the trigger yet? Maybe they are more fearful of a cyber escalation with the United States than I've given them credit for. You Mm -hmm. know, a couple years ago, David Sanger and I reported in the Times that Cyber Command had been hacking the Russian grid and making a loud show of it. And when we went to the National Security Council, this was 2018, and said, we're about to report out the story that you've been hacking the Russian grid, what say you? They basically said, we have no problems <laughs> with you publishing this story. In other words, we want Russia to know that mm-hmm. we can do the same to them as they've done to Ukraine and that they better think twice before they try and pull some of that here. And so maybe mm-hmm. there is some of this mutually assured digital destruction playing out right now. We don't know. Hmm. We'll see.
2: Why isn't there a, a, a worldwide, you know, we have nuclear proliferation talks. We have all kinds, we have uh, about chemicals. Not, that they're not always perfect, but they're there, right? Why hasn't there been uh, that happening worldwide? It's just that that they can hide this versus missiles. They can't really hide missiles. You can sort of see chemical attacks. Torture, everything else is. is, Why hasn't there been an international consortium of this happening?
3: Well, there's there have been people pushing for what they call a digital Geneva Convention. Brad Smith Mm -hmm. at Microsoft is really leading the charge on that. Mm -hmm. Um, Unfortunately, the problem is Vladimir Putin. You know, Putin uses proxies to to do a lot of these attacks. As does China. A lot of the really sophisticated Mm -hmm. attacks we see from China come in the form of this sort of loose satellite network of private contractors that does its dirty Mm -hmm. work. You know, we've seen Russia basically tap cyber criminals to hack Yahoo uh, a couple of years ago. Yep. So when you're dealing with an actor like Putin, who said a couple of years ago, hey, hackers are like artists that wake up in the morning in a good mood and start painting. You know, I have no say over what they do or don't do. How do you establish norms with someone like that? And you're right. Mm-hmm. The attribution is tricky, and it's a low barrier to entry. Th- th- this is where nuclear analogies really fall fall apart in cyber. You don't need fissile material,
2: right? And so there, you don't see anything like that ever happening. That the, it's impossible to police. In other words,
3: well, I think you know, just on its face, it sounds like a no brainer. We should all agree. Not to hack each other's elections, not to hack mm-hmm. each other's hospitals, not to hack each other's grid. Electrical
2: grids, right?
3: Right. The problem is, what do you do with Vladimir Putin, who you you can't trust? You know that mm-hmm. he's not going to just do that. Then you're essentially handcuffing yourself. And mm-hmm. like we just said, the United States is probably still the top dog when it comes to offensive cyber capabilities. So the why defensive would we? Agree? Is a real problem. But defense is a real problem. I mean, you look mm-hmm. at a count of which country in the world has been hit with uh, the most high profile cyber attacks over the last five years. It's the United States. We mm-hmm. are now among the most frequently targeted country by cyber attacks. And, by cyber and we're, attacks, yeah. Yeah, we're nowhere where we need to be.
0: What would be your one or two pieces of advice to the administration and also to the CEOs of companies as it relates to the, some of the risks you've outlined?
3: Um, one, report incidents. Have a low <laughs> barrier for what you're reporting. If you notice any suspicious activity on your network, report that to CISA. There's a lot they can do with that information. Two, empower your chief information security officer give them whatever they need to do, give them the tools that they need to hunt their networks for suspicious activity, to do inventory of their systems, to close down any port or server that is non-critical right now, do whatever they say. And then most importantly, turn on multi-factor authentication. I sound like a broken record. You do. (laughs) 80% of the ransomware attacks we see in the United States could have been prevented with multi-factor authentication. It's so hmm. easy, it, it it's so basic and it's ridiculous mm-hmm. that we don't just mandate it. Um, yeah, but that's, yeah. those are the three things report I think incidents also the public. Empower- we
2: shouldn't we should mandate reporting of incidents, crim- yeah. you know, so that, that there's a fine if you don't do so if we find guess,
3: out, Guess guess who we have to blame for that, Kara? Let me
2: Senator guess. Senator
3: Rick Scott.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, there was- good.
3: There was uh, an attempt to push mandatory mm-hmm. reporting for cyber incidents and ransom payouts mm-hmm. in the last defense authorization bill, and guess who killed it? Rick because, Scott. Because he said it was going to be too burdensome for small businesses. I so see. So if something should happen, you know we can all thank Rick Scott.
0: It's interesting you say that. I live in Florida and I can think of two or three friends who are small and medium-sized business people who have had a cyber attack and they do about 24 hours of navel-gazing and then they send fifty or $60,000 in Bitcoin. I mean, these criminals are very smart. They figure out mm-hmm. what is the fulcrum between, oh, just pay them.
3: Mm-hmm. And
0: nobody ever knows about it. It's happening yeah. everywhere.
3: Right. And, you know, businesses and their cyber insurance uh, policyholders they basically have made this calculation that it's cheaper to just pay the ransom yeah, than right. the full cost of remediation. The problem is when you're just paying your extortionists, you don't know how they got in. You know, they yeah. could still have access. So all those companies that paid those ransoms are potentially in in position, these hackers are already in position to do something more like cyber sabotage. That's why it's really important to report these incidents and actually hunt down how they got in so you can make sure that you can keep them out. Okay, so let me ask uh,
2: two more questions. How do you assess how our, our um, tech companies, they've been doing a wide range of things. They've also been blocked in Russia. How important are they to, to, to doing this? Not just cleaning up misinformation, but actually blocking Um, There's a difference between blocking Russian media or not letting them monetize themselves, which is more punitive and actually making certain uh, that good information gets through and bad information is is sieved out, I guess.
3: Yeah, I mean, to me, it's the bare minimum. You know, is RT's ultimate priority advertising Mm -hmm. revenue? No. Mm -hmm. You know, their Mm -hmm. ultimate priority is propaganda. Mm -hmm. Do we want to know what they're saying? Uh, to their own population and everyone else. Yeah, sure. Mm -hmm. You know, I don't think we should block them, but I think there's a lot more that tech companies should be doing on misinformation. Now that said, wow, Russia is losing the information war, you know, after Mm -hmm. years of BS (laughs) (laughs) and them basically throwing fuel on every American culture war, on this, you know, BS of um, Zelensky, you know, being a Nazi. I mean, they are failing, failing, failing at every turn. Yes. I think we will be studying the American declassification strategy on this war for years yeah. to come because it is brilliant at preempting anything Putin was going to do in terms of driving right. some pretext right. for war.
2: That was that was where did that come from? Where was the it was Biden the
3: Biden but who? Right. I mean, I, I want to know everything. I want to know. I, I want a who case study think? tomorrow. All right. I okay. think it was oh. the Biden administration. I think I think they had this intelligence for a long time. I think it was probably um, Ann Neuberger, Chris mm-hmm. Inglis, Jen Easterly. I mean, we have the A team in place on cyber um mm-hmm. right now. And I think they got this intelligence early, and I think they did the right thing by sharing it. And mm-hmm. I think it completely threw. Putin off balance. He yes, because we completely lost
2: lost that. And then, lastly, uh, and then Scott may have a last question. The speculation that cryptocurrencies could be used to evade sanctions. Um, now, there's not much evidence of this, and people are using crypto to donate millions to the uh, uh, to the Ukrainian government. So, what do you do? You think this is as big a thing, or does it just feel crypto feels so hidden? Mm-hmm. But maybe yeah. not not as hidden as we think.
3: So it's not as hidden as we think. I think the blockchain has been a powerful tool for law enforcement and government agencies to track the flow of these these Mm -hmm. funds. Um, TRM Labs, which does blockchain intelligence, uh, Mm -hmm. said that basically, you know, you need to watch out for um, the off-ramps, the crypto exchanges. So Mm -hmm. there's a couple crypto exchanges out there that have been sanctioned. That might likely be a place where, Um, Russians are going to try and move their money. But Mm -hmm. for everyone else, this is going to be an opportunity to create pressure on these crypto exchanges to actually enforce compliance and know your customer rules. And so hopefully, Mm -hmm. hopefully, this will be a net positive.
0: Do you think Web3 or specifically crypto presents opportunities for additional security and protocols or is a threat to national security as it relates to cyber?
3: So I think it's both. So I used to have a pretty two-dimensional thinking on cryptocurrency because I was just covering ransomware attack after ransomware attack. And there was no question that cryptos enabled ransomware, right? Five -hmm. years ago, they were hacking your PC for $200 and saying, go to the pharmacy, get an e-gift card and give me the pin. Now it's $50 million in in Monero uh, Mm -hmm. cryptocurrency. So no doubt it's been an enabler. What I learned from Colonial Pipeline, because remember, the FBI was able to claw back some of the ransom that Colonial Mm -hmm. paid, um, was actually... Web3, the blockchain, is a blessing for law enforcement because for the first time, they can track the flow of these funds. There's a ledger,
0: so to speak, right?
3: And what what these guys at TRM Labs said to me who all used to work at the Treasury and now are in blockchain intelligence, they said, listen, it would have taken us more than two years to find that front company in the Seychelles where they were holding that ransom payout. If we mm-hmm. if this was in fiat currency and with crypto, we were able to track the flow of these funds in real time and get it back within weeks. So mm-hmm. it, it is it is also a blessing. Um, and yeah. and the, the key here is to mitigate um, the, the the enablers, you know, the cryptocurrency exchanges that aren't enforcing know your customer laws.
2: Right. Okay, Nicole. This is so fascinating. You again. You're freaking me out with your thing, but that's good. I have two-factor authentication on everything, um, so I will. What, but the average consumer, that's what they should be doing: two-factor authentication, changing passwords.
3: Yep. 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 Don't click on phishing links. Turn on two-factor authentication. Use a password manager. Don't use one, two, three, four, five and you'll be better <laughs> off than 80% of Scott, people.
2: Scott, do you down. hear that? So Scott says it has to change. You're my his...
0: second factor. <laughs> <laughs> You're my Everything I do has to get by my judgment and then yours. Thank God. Anyway, Thank Nicole, God.
2: amazing reporting. Again, Nicole's book is, is frightening, but fantastic book called This is How They Tell Me the World Ends. Nicole, the world, I hope, is not ending. But uh, it's it's a really great history to understand this right now because it will be escalating over, over time. But in this case, uh, we'll see how effective. By the Putin way, for someone
0: be. who claims to be as worried as you are, you look awfully relaxed. You're tanned and I heard birds chirp. <laughs> <laughs> you seem pretty zen about all this.
3: <laughs> I'm yeah. in Hawaii. I'm having the worst Hawaii vacation ever. I'm just on Twitter. You know what? Get outside. Get outside. They can't hack the sunshine. Yeah, I'm going. I'm going right now.
0: Yeah. Good problem, Nicole. No one feeling sorry for you, Nicole.
2: Right now. Anyway, Nicole, thank you so much.
0: Thanks, Nicole. Thanks bye for your good work.
3: bye You too. Bye. bye.
2: All right, Scott. She's so smart. I like Nicole. She is a friend of Pivot. Anyway, uh, one
1: more quick break. We'll be back for Wins and Fails. This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com
4: slash tech. Support for the show comes from the Harvard Business Review. While much of Harvard Business Review's content is available for free after signing up at their site, subscriptions to unlimited content start at only $10 a month. What a bargain. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT right now to get 10% off your subscription. Again, save 10% off your HBR subscription. Go to hbr.org slash subscriptions and enter the promo code PIVOT. Okay, Scott wins and fails.
2: What what would you say? What would you say is your? Do you have? I any do. This the week? win. SNL had a Fisher Price podcast set for white guys sketch. It was cut from the bro- for time for the podcast, but landed on
4: YouTube on Sunday. Introducing the new Fisher Price podcast set for white guys. Now you can shout every crazy thought in your head without ruining your life. It doesn't
1: record anything at all we're white guys. We need to be able to
3: say every dumb thing into a microphone and not get in trouble.
4: Get yours wherever tactical gear is sold.
0: Ages 34 and
4: up. <laughs> it's really... It made me laugh.
2: It made me laugh. It was really good.
0: I thought the host was great. I really like that guy's backstory.
2: John whatever. He's my kid's favorite yeah, comic. Mulaney. John Mulaney. That's correct. Uh, my kids love, love, love him. Um, a fail. Um, well, apparently Rick Scott for not Letting, making uh-huh. people report uh-huh. uh, cyber attacks. But, um, you know, it, it, I think continues to be some of these people in the Republican Party. I, I think Marjorie Taylor Greene, once again, she seems to win the prize every time by appearing at a... A white uh, supremacist event, uh, full of oh, just just the yeah, worst I th- stuff. I and think that's I love that Donald Mitt Romney Trump. called her a moron. Yeah. I, th- I love that <laughs> quoted Su- uh, Butch Cassidy in the Sundance Kit. It's been
0: a good week for Mitt Romney. He was the one that said Russia.
2: All right, we'll make him your win. He
0: he was uh, the one that said four years ago that and got laughed at, yeah. that, or six years ago that mm-hmm. Russia was the biggest. Threat to the U.S. and everyone said, "Oh, what a boomer, stupid thing to say." Uh, okay, so my yeah. my win, and it sounds passé. I talked about it earlier in the show is capitalism. On the right, mm-hmm. they have decided to ignore true capitalism, and the basic notion of capitalism has to involve churn and true winning and losing. And what they've done is said, "Okay, because the existing winners are the ones that give us money." through tax policy and bailouts of rich people, we're going to let the incumbents become dynastic, which is not capitalism, it's cronyism. Mm -hmm. And then on the left, uh, there's this suspicion and disparagement of people who make money, that we assume that they're bad people if they become billionaires. And the reality is, and I know a lot of very wealthy people, they're generally good people because you have to be to get that many people rooting for you. So, Capitalism has been weaponized on the far left. It's been weaponized on the far right. But capitalism is this incredible mix of cooperation that rewards grit and talent and risk taking. And the wonderful thing about capitalism, one of the many wonderful things is it creates this incredible prosperity and economic power such that you can do wonderful things. And those wonderful things create connective tissue. Whether it's buying real estate in London, whether it is sending your kids to a boarding school in Switzerland, whether it is partying in St. Bart's. And that connective tissue brings us together and makes the exit costs and the downside of this type of unilateral action that has taken place, this criminal action in Ukraine, um, creates real... Um, Real costs, real downsides, because of the accoutrements and upside, and because uh, so many Russians now have so much to lose, because of capitalism. So I, I think
2: yeah, it's not just the rich ones, by the way. The focus is on the oligarchs, but average people standing in line in St. Petersburg probably don't deserve what's happening to them in lots of ways. Um, and it's the it's the it's because they you know they need to protest, I guess, or do something well, else. It's very the, difficult the, in that country to protest. It's they go they don't just protest they go. They are in big trouble when they The greatest deterrent, I believe the greatest
0: away. deterrent to a shooting match over Taiwan right now is the iPhone. And that is there's just too many people in China and in Silicon Valley and investors all over the world that need iPhones to continue shipping. Mm-hmm. And so yeah. everyone's going to think twice before they decide to go into Taiwan. I think capitalism has extraordinary Benefits it can it certainly has downsides, as you know. Well, we're very good at ta- we are very again. good about talking about the downsides. We do that a lot.
2: Yes, that's true. That's and, fair. all right. So, what's your what's your fail? Uh,
0: my fail is that anyone had to lose at the FA Cup final between Chelsea and Liverpool. I watched this thing on Sunday with my boys. I know you're not into sports. This is soccer, correct? This is soccer, or football. Just, okay. If you're if you're if you're from anywhere outside of the yeah. US. But this was the FA Cup, and uh, uh, my one of my sons likes Chelsea. One of them likes Liverpool. And I don't it, it, you may not be familiar with soccer, but it was it's probably the best zero I mean. zero game ever played because they have to go to what's called a shootout. And they mm-hmm. keep going until someone misses after five. And so that meant all eleven mm-hmm. players, including the goalies, had to take penalty shots. Oh, and wow. Mosala for Liverpool was brilliant for Mina. Lukaku on yeah. Chelsea. Edward Mende that go no away. No idea. These are incredible. Okay. Uh, the Probably the best U.S. player in the world right there, Pulisic on Chelsea. Mounds, who's mm-hmm. just an absolute delight to watch.
2: And didn't, speaking of uh, Ukraine, didn't the owner of one Abramovich, of them? Abramovich, owns, owns Chelsea. Owns, but he, yeah. I've
0: even been thinking yeah. about he, that. He
2: moved, he's moved himself out of, remember, he's, he put it. Into someone else's hands for a little while, and he's actually involved in the talks between yeah. Ukraine and uh, and Russia but right now in Bel. That's Belarus. a connection um, point, and also, a, didn't the soccer group that's, say we're not? They did something to Russia that wasn't.
0: You're nice? making my point. Capitalism mm-hmm. creates billionaire soccer right. owners who think twice and want to be part of the solution. And right. okay. when you're vacationing and living in, uh, you know, just outside of St. Peter's, you have less to lose. So, yeah. it, it is great because the connective tissue is everywhere here. But anyways... My, right,
2: but let's just keep in mind the individual people in the Ukraine are incredibly brave. And as we sit around and complain about the stupid shit we can over the past two years our country has, it's really amazing. I, I worry for them because and an overwhelming force will
0: always eventually win. This you're right. Brute force almost win, wins almost everywhere. And this might That's be... That's how
2: they, they just... They don't mind all those people dying. This might be the, the first conflict, dying, so. I think
0: that... Well, we'll see. But anyways, uh, my... Going back to my my loss here, I just hated to see either team win a brilliant play by both Liverpool and Chelsea clubs. Who won? Uh, uh, who won? Liverpool did uh, because okay. the goalie the goalie <laughs> missed the penalty kick, which you never see goalie. Oh. Poor guy. I mean, who poor oh, guy? Wow. But anyways. It was just a wonderful. Uh, I'm not into sports, All right. uh, but so my right. my loss is that anyone had to lose the FA Cup final. Congratulations to both Liverpool and
2: All Chelsea who played so great games. Want, you want them both to win. They both won in a way. Oh, it sounds so old Anyway, like my mother. It's a shame anyone
0: has to lose.
2: <laughs> <laughs> okay, oh my Scott. Gosh. That is the show. It was so action-packed today. That's right. We'll be back on Friday for more.
0: All right. That's my cue. That's my Today's show was produced by Lara and Evan Engel, and Taylor Griffin. Ernie and engineered this episode. Thanks also to Drew Burrows and Emil Severo. Make sure you subscribe to the show wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you for listening to Pivot from New York Magazine and Vox Media. We'll be back later this week for another breakdown of all things tech and business.